Hello everyone. My name is Chris Lambert and I'm here with Terry Gabler and we are going to give you a bunch of fantastic ideas that you can immediately use in your own household. I know that we're all home in quarantine and it's a tough time, but there are so many fantastic ideas out there that can bring your family closer to you. So first of all, let me tell you quickly about my background. I was an elementary school teacher for 23 years. And then for about 11 years, I've been teaching at the UC school system. I teach adults who are teaching English as a second language. And I also teach in the certificate program for teachers who are getting teaching credentials. Hi, Terry. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah, hi, good to see everybody. Um, I've been teaching for over 26 years and I taught in the classroom, kindergarten, first grade, second grade. I stopped teaching when I had my two boys and ended up homeschooling one of my sons for a little while. And then I taught in a parenting program that was set in a preschool setting. So it was birth through preschool age and worked with parents. And now I am a homeschool supervising teacher and I work with grades TK all the way to 12th grade in high school. Fantastic. So happy to have you with me today. So as I said earlier, we're going to have a whole grab bag of ideas that you can implement today in your home. And first, I want to start with the gratitude circle. Now, let's just brainstorm a little bit about how you use the gratitude circle in your own home and the fun that you've had with it with your own kids. Can you tell us a little bit about, in general, the gratitude circle and also what rules you apply with it? So a gratitude circle is a really nice way to connect with your family and with each individual person. The rules are very easy. You can choose a talking piece. In our house, we have different special little trinkets and things like a, a special rock. My dad painted a rock for me one year. I have a crystal. Um, the kids chose a little piece of something and everyone um, when we start, we can just choose one of those. And whoever's holding the talking piece is the only one who is allowed to speak. And so it's really a good practice in speaking and listening for those who are not holding the talking piece. So tell us what it is that you are talking about. What is it that each person is supposed to say? We generally do it at dinner time and we just pass it around and talk about something that we were grateful for that happened during the day. One of the things I really enjoy is being able to, throughout the day, wondering what I'm going to share for um, my gratitude at dinner. And so everybody has a little bit of um, thought throughout the day of what they were grateful for or what made you happy today, something, a thumbs up from the day. and Fantastic way to get your kids thinking in a positive way. How would you modify that, if at all, for say a four-year-old versus a 14-year-old? Would you do anything different? Yeah, I think sometimes um, the younger ones might not always have all the words. So we try to generally not let people pass. So if you if you kind of get stuck in an area, we just help suggest with the younger ones, like just say one word, one word of how you're feeling today, happy, quiet, 
sad, whatever it is, and you kind of have a little window into what they're thinking. And with the older ones, it was interesting. Last week, we were doing it with my son, and I was wondering, um, you know, he's spending a lot of time in his room and wondering how he's doing and playing on, you know, the computer. And I was a little concerned. And then he shared how excited and happy he is that he's actually connecting with friends that he hadn't seen in a long time. And they're playing games and they're doing video games in Monopoly all online and he's able to connect with them. So I had a little window into what's going on with him. And so it's just a nice way to connect with your family. It is, that's that's fantastic. And then also that you can share and model with your own kids what you are grateful for in this difficult time. Yeah, and then they can see, you know, the other night I shared that it really made me happy to play a game. We all played a game after dinner one night. And so they know, you know, that's something that might make somebody else happy. So it's a good way to connect. So quickly, when you're when you're going over the rules for this gratitude circle, do you, how do you make sure that people are kind to each other and that no one is laughing or making fun of each other? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Right. So we do have the talking piece and we established the um that at the beginning of each time that the person who has it is just you know, talking. And sometimes you really want to interject your story or you want to do a story, you know, oh, that happened to me too. Or, oh yeah, I remember when we did that. And when someone actually has the talking piece, you aren't allowed to say something. So we do a little sign like this, like I make a connection with that. And just realizing that you get to listen during that time. And then afterwards, you can talk about things once the circle is over and reflect on something that somebody said, but it really is a time that they're just listening if they don't have the talking piece. What a fun idea and what a great way to engage. And I bet you, and everyone really looks forward to that. And like you said, you think about it all day long. I'm going to talk about that tonight at the gratitude circle or the gratitude table. Fantastic. Let's move on. And the next thing I want to talk about is books of questions. So I know there's so many cool things out on the internet right now, but that kind of lends itself also to talking to your family, talking to your kids, talking to your grandparents. Can you tell us a little bit about the book of questions and what you do in your own house? At home, we have a book of questions and we just happen to have it, but you can always do a Google search for questions that you can do around the dinner table or questions that you can ask for younger children. And so we come up with these questions. And one of the kind of the guidelines for this is to honor that other people have different opinions that you do. And it really helps provide some tolerance. We were talking the other day about a question and one of my children said one thing and the other one felt completely opposite. And we really do talk about having tolerance for other people's opinions during that time. How fantastic. So I know that your book of questions, which we are going to show on the PowerPoint, is something that you can can turn to and pick a question out. And like you said, you can also go on the internet. I just did that the other day and there's a million questions. You can do it by grade level. You can do it by age. Um, but I also think there's some fun ways too. You could come up with your own questions, right? And you could also write those down and even put them in a a bag or some kind of container and pull out one that you, uh, a different one every night and read that question and answer it. What would you do for a modification for say a three or four year old? Right, obviously some questions wouldn't be um, age appropriate just if it's 
talking about things that might be out of their thought range. But um, if you have younger children, then you can ask them questions like, if you were a superhero, what would superpower would you want to have? Or if you wanted any pet of your own, what kind of animal would you like? And versus questions that I'm asking with my older kids is, if you could see into the future, um, and but not be able to change it, would you want to do that? Provide some stimulating conversation. Absolutely. And I think too, for the younger kids, even if it's something that they they don't want to be put on the spot to talk, you could ask them a question and they could even draw a picture of their response, depending on the age. Yeah. I'll draw a picture of the pet that they want, you know. Exactly. That's a great idea. Next, we're going to move to a treasure hunt around the house. So we're all stuck at home all the time and we're all stuck together. So why not make this time kind of fun? So there are so many different ways that you could come up with your own treasure hunt that doesn't cost a penny. Again, the internet is a wealth of different ideas. One that I just saw the other day was about the five senses and how you could come up with a scavenger hunt in either your own house or even your yard. And you could say, come back and find three things that are the color red or go outside and find three leaves. Tell us, Terry, how have you used this in your house and what have you find that was really fun and engaging about it? Yeah, it's a very fun activity to do and it just is different every time depending on what you're looking for. But we use a timer. It depends on, um, it could be a competition or it could just be something that they do, you know, you could do it with one child as just finding interest in looking for things. But if you're doing it kind of as a competition, you could set a timer and say, make a list and say how many of these things can we find within this certain amount of time. The other night when we did it, we said whoever gets the most gets to pick the dessert tonight or can pick the movie tomorrow night that we're going to watch. So you can have a little incentives. And it also, when you go for, you know, we kind of go around little walks around our neighborhood. It's a nice way to look for things on your walk as you're walking. Can you find a heart-shaped leaf or um, can you find two leaves that look the same or um, finding chalk along the our walks when we're outside walking. So it's a nice way to um, bring a walk, you know, a lot of talk during our walks too. I've also done that where I have had um, my kids come up with their own ideas of what we should look for. And either I can write it down or they can write it down. And we've switched off our lists to other members of the family. So I could come up with find two leaves, find something red, find something that doesn't smell good, and we can exchange our lists, even if it's just with one child. It's very fun to be creative about it and mix it up. Yeah, and involving them in the process is always nice. Right. Okay, and here's another really fun idea is, what will you do when quarantine is over? I know this is our new normal, but every day I always think about uh, the hamburger that I want to eat or the the place that I want to go to or the ball game that I want to watch. And so making a list of ideas for quarantine and involving the entire family is a really fun and motivating way to stay positive. Terry, how does that work in your family? 
this was a really fun activity because what it ended up doing for us was kind of turning a complaint into a positive. So instead of just, oh, I really wish I could go to the movies and I don't get to see my friends, then we said, why don't we write this down? And these are things we can look forward to. We have to have patience during this time and we can make a list of all the things we're really looking forward to doing when this is when we're able to. And so we sat down and made a list and we made it more like a checkbox in front of it so that we could check things off as we get to do them. And we can always add to our list when we realize there's something we're really missing. And so it has been turning kind of complaining or negative into a positive something that we can look forward to. I love that. And do you actually put that list up somewhere in the house? Yeah, we have them on a refrigerator. So I seem like I'm in the kitchen all the time. I always am glancing at it and just kind of really focusing on things that I will look forward to. Tell me how you would modify that for, say, a three-year-old. Yeah, there's different ways you could modify it. You could search on the internet together. And if they say, oh, I, you know, they're talking about the park, maybe they missed the park. Let's find a picture of a park and print it out. You can maybe make a poster style with them or look in magazines and find pictures of things they might enjoy doing and make a poster and they can dictate and you could write down the different things that they are missing, but it's nice for the younger ones to have a, a visual representation too. I love it. They could even draw their own picture and you, you could dictate and write next to it what it is. So we will put up on the screen the two lists that you so graciously shared with us. One your son did and the other one you did. Variety of things that we are um, looking forward to doing. And a couple of them we might start being able to do, they just opened the hiking trail, so maybe we'll be able to go for a hike so we could check that off. And my son really wants to go to Shake Shack, so we might be able to do a takeout, but some of the things we will have to wait a longer period of time for. And what's something that was on your list? Mine was the hiking, really wanting to go hiking in the hills, and now we can start doing that. How nice, that's fantastic. Okay, so I wanted to end with something that I've been hearing a lot about actually um, in, in the news and on television, which is that staying home with your children and your family, it's more important that they actually remember the feeling that they had from being home with you more so than that they learned everything they were supposed to learn. Because when we look back on this time, what we remember is how we felt. And so I wanted to come up with a word and I try to do this every day. I try to get one word that I think about throughout the day. And my word today is going to be modeling. So I think about, I'm the model for my children and my family. So my reaction to things is modeling how they will react. If I'm calm, they're more likely to be calm. If I'm upset, they're more likely to be upset. So today, I'm going to think about modeling and really be conscious of what I do and how that appears to other people. Terry, do you have a word of the day? My word of the day is grace. And in thinking about grace, none of us have ever been through this before. It's a challenging time for adults and children and all of us together. So I think giving grace to yourself giving grace to your children, and recognizing that people are going through this in their own way. They're doing the best they can in a difficult situation. And 
recognizing struggle and giving grace, recognizing when something might be more challenging for somebody else and letting them have a little ease around that. I love that word. I actually put a post-it with my word of the day for myself. And that's just a little bit of a reminder for me, whatever my new word is, I stick it on my mirror in my bathroom. And I remember that throughout the day. And it really helps me to focus and to be positive on whatever that word is. Thank you so much, Terry. This has been so much fun talking to you and you have so many fantastic ideas. Yeah, it was really great talking to you and thinking through all these things that can help other people too. Thank you.